Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And we are here primarily for you that we can share with you the real science on alternative medicine and how it can help you become healthier and maybe without the use of drugs. Drugs are important in our society. They can save lives. I'm not against drugs when they are used appropriately and occasionally. Drugs do not provide health. They don't make us healthier. They may reduce the symptoms and, like I say, may save lives. But for us to be healthy, there are principles that we should follow, like a healthy diet, which I usually recommend one of three diets. I follow the ketogenic diet, very low carbohydrates. I do not do well with carbohydrates in general. I don't do well with bread, pasta, all those flour and grain products. I don't feel well. My mind does not work as well. And if I get too many carbohydrates, I get crabby. I get sarcastic. Sugar and carbohydrates, I do not do well with. And we need plenty of sleep. And we need to move. We need exercise. Doesn't mean you have to lift weights. Doesn't mean that you have to run. But move. The people in the Mediterranean countries, which is another diet, the Mediterranean diet, they don't exercise per se. They move, they work, they're busy. And then also include some form of exercise. I think that's really important. And if you're going to have some type of weight-bearing exercises, which are good, I don't mean you have to bodybuild, but you need to kind of challenge your muscles so that they become stronger and healthier. All these things can come in to play with a big part of how we perform in a healthy manner. So it's up to you and I to make sure that we are healthier. And we're here just to share information with you that you would probably not be able to find anywhere else. You could search for it and you could find the same science that we find, but I know you don't have the time. You're busy. You're working. You've got kids. Boy, you're busy, busy. Where are you going to find the time to look for the research that we can provide you in a couple of hours a week? I wish I could do the show every day. There's that much information out there to help you be healthier and more productive. And 
avoid drugs. So today we're going to talk about strontium. Have you ever heard of strontium? I think you'll have a tremendous impact on your health. And then we're going to talk about the middle age spread. You know, all the time there's more information coming out on ultra-processed foods and how bad they are for us. And we eat, Americans eat, a tremendous amount of ultra-processed foods, packaged foods, prepared foods. And you know, when you protect your immune system against viral infections, it can also help your brain. And I'll tell you how you can get better sleep without pills, without, I should say, sleeping pills. And then we'll talk about a very special form of vitamin B1. Vitamin B1 is a water-soluble vitamin. All B vitamins are. That means you have to have them every day because they are only allowed in the body for four or five hours. We consume B vitamins in food or in supplements and they're quickly absorbed and eliminated. So we need to resupply those B vitamins every day. But there's a very special form of vitamin B1. It's fat-soluble. So it stays in the body much, much longer. And then before we leave the show today, if time permits, I'll give you two tips for relieving constipation. What is one of the most common problems facing women? Well, according to the National Osteoporosis Foundation, and you might already have a clue as to what the common problem for women is, bone health. One out of every two women over the age of 50 will break a bone due to the fact that they are experiencing osteoporosis. And a woman's risk of breaking a hip is equal to her combined risk of breast, uterine, and ovarian cancer. And because estrogen plays a, I, I would say, plays a huge role, a major role in bone density, decreased estrogen, and that will occur around the age of menopause. So estrogen, estrogen is lowered 
due to the fact that women are experiencing the change of life, menopause. And it significantly impacts bone health. Most women can lose up to 20% of her bone density in the first five to seven years after menopause. A 10% increase in bone mass can reduce fracture risk by up to 50%. And you know what? Calcium. Just not calcium will ensure bone density. There are other minerals that in fact are more important for bone health than calcium. Countries with the lowest calcium intake often have the highest rate of bone health because they also walk more. You know, when you do weight-bearing exercises or walking, those kinds of exercises strengthen the bones. And taking a calcium-only supplement was associated with a 30% increase risk of heart disease in a large study called a meta-analysis based on 11 clinical trials on calcium supplementation. So they looked at 11 studies and they concluded in one study based on the 11 studies what those 11 studies told us. And a study in Sweden found that taking high dosages versus moderate dosages of calcium did not reduce risk bone fracture. And if vitamin D levels were too low, the risk of fractures increased despite taking calcium supplementation. Calcium is not the answer for bone health. There are many more important minerals, vitamin D, boron, and our featured topic today, strontium. Strontium is a very special form of mineral. And totally, calcium needs to be balanced by other nutrients for proper utilization so that we get the best use of the calcium. I have heard from other friends, relatives, that when doctors prescribe calcium and they do not see a better bone density, they increase the level of calcium. Taking more is not the answer. Now, strontium, I'll spell that for you. S like Sam, T like Tom, 
R-O-N, like Nancy, T, like Tom, I-U-M, strontium. And this is for advanced bone building health. Actually, you know, your bones are living tissue. They're not rocks. They're not rock hard. They're actually living tissue. And new bone tissue constantly forms, and old bone tissue is broken down. There is an exchange in the bone tissue. But osteoporosis results when bone tissue breaks down faster than new bone tissue can be generated. So the balance is not there. We're breaking down more bone tissue than we are building. Now we've got to catch up and build more bone density, bone tissue, then we're losing. So how do we do that? Well, most treatments for osteoporosis work in one direction. They slow the breakdown of old bone tissue. But they do nothing for building new bone tissue. And now, strontium, it's a mineral. It's not radioactive. It's a good, healthy mineral that many people do not have access to, do not have any information on strontium, but it's a very unique mineral because it does both build the bone, and prevent the breakdown of the bone. It's a mineral. 99% of the strontium in the body is found only in the bones. This is your bone-building mineral, and also it prevents bone tissue breaking down. This has more to do with bone density, bone health, than calcium. Strontium slows, reduces, slows down the breakdown of bone tissue and also increases the formation of new bone tissue. Now, if you want more bone health, better bone density, and stronger bones, the, the ideal dosage is 680 milligrams of strontium called strontium citrate. And this is a, a daily recommendation, 680 milligrams. Usually the ones I've seen are about 320 milligrams of strontium per capsule. So you would take two capsules at a time. But now, you do not want to take calcium at the same time as you take strontium. If you're going to take calcium, take the strontium separately from the calcium-containing supplements at least by two hours. Why? Because both minerals, strontium and calcium, 
are absorbed through the same pathway in the body. And they compete for that pathway. So they will block, either the strontium will not be absorbed or the calcium will not be absorbed. So it's better to separate the strontium from the calcium by about at least two hours. So this is the best way to have the best of two worlds. Because strontium builds your bone tissue and prevents bone deterioration. This is widely used in Europe. Why do we why are they always ahead of us? There is more use of alternative medicine in Europe, including herbal medicines, minerals. They do more research in Europe. You know, because the drug companies own your body. There are so many ads on TV about drugs. Oh my gosh. You know, there's no country in the world, no country in the world that allows drug companies to advertise to the consumer. The drug companies beat down the FDA so that they were allowed to advertise directly to you. So you want to go in and say, I want this drug, I want this drug. So they are influencing you to make your doctor prescribe a medication. Otherwise, only your doctor should know what the drug does and if you should have it or not, if they will prescribe it or not. Ozemptic. That song just drives me crazy. Ozempic. And also because people lose 14 pounds on average when they take this drug. They want you to use it as a weight loss product. But it increases the risk of cancer significantly. It's not worth it. And women do lose weight. But that's a bad way to lose weight. All you have to do is change your diet, change the foods you're eating from carbohydrates to proteins and fats. No, fats will not make you fat. I guarantee you. Just get rid of the carbs and the sugar, which turn to fat in your body because they cannot be utilized as energy because we're eating too darn much of the form of carbohydrates and sugar. Change your diet. Add strontium. 320 milligrams per capsule, two capsules at breakfast. Take your calcium, if you use calcium, take it later in the day. You can also add silica 
Silica is another mineral that is, um, it, it is often, often used more frequently than calcium in Europe. It increases the absorption of calcium into the bones by 50%. This is major because osteoporosis is so common in women. And this is the way to really prevent bone deterioration, bone loss, and increase bone density, and increase new bone tissue. Well, here's another fact that happens in middle age, not only osteoporosis, but the middle age spread. The dangers of fat and frail. Here's some research from Norway. The scientific researchers found 4,500 people ages 45 or older for over 20 years recording waist size, BMI, and overall health. What waist size should you be? Well, if you know how tall you are in inches, just cut that in half. So if you're a six foot tall, that's 72 inches, right? So then your waist size should be 36 or less. Now, before I adopted the ketogenic diet, my waist size was increasing. Hmm, that's not good. And my waist size was 36. I was eating a lot of carbs. I love pasta. I love bread. Oh, my gosh. Hot bread with butter. Oh, my gosh. Love it. Don't eat it. It would be a rare, rare occasion if I ate bread and butter. That probably could be a dessert for me, maybe once a year. But my waist size was 36. I'm only five foot seven. So my waist size should be about 32. My waist size were, was for someone who's six feet tall. I'm not six foot tall, but I have the waist size of a six foot person. Now my waist size is 30 to 32. So it's the best way to calculate your waist size, a healthy waist size. So the results of the study, based on the researchers in Norway, the patients who were obese, I love that word, at the start of the study in 1994, were 2.5 times as likely to have become frail. Now, what does frail mean? You're getting weaker and frail 
in your later years of life. That means you have more fatigue. You have a very weak grip strength. Slow walking speed. And you have a very sedentary lifestyle. Patients with large waist sizes, but who were not necessarily obese, were also 57% more likely to become frail in old age. And those with a normal BMI, or what I would say normal waist size, just worry about your waist size. Your waist size at a younger age who now become obese were much less likely to become frail in old age. And with the best outcomes noted for those who maintained a normal waist size throughout the study period. So having a weight in proportion to your waist size will help you be stronger as you age and will eliminate the side effects or the symptoms of becoming frail in your later years of life. People who experience more fatigue, who have less strength overall, but they measure that by your grip strength, slow walking speed, and a sedentary lifestyle. You're just lazy. And as we become lazy, all of us, we all tend to be weaker, more frail, more fatigued, more exhausted, don't sleep well, have indigestion. These are not life-threatening conditions, but they make life miserable. So the best thing to do is to lose weight. And you can do that very easily. You know that if you lose weight, like with the ketogenic diet, because the food is the food that we need to have strength. By eating more protein and more fat and getting rid of the fat producing carbohydrates and sugar, we're going to be stronger, healthier, and better muscle tone. I've got to break away for a few moments for the station to identify itself and there are some commercials. So stay tuned. This is Terry Naturally. I'll be right back here on Terry Talks Nutrition. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally. And we're on Terry Talks Nutrition. If you want more information during the week, just go to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com and you'll learn more about how to take care of your health. There are podcasts. There are a host of radio shows.
that are archived on the website, including the newsletters. And you can subscribe to the newsletter that will go to your email address every Friday. We want you to have the best access to good studies, good science, good ideas, good concepts that you can use to become healthier. The only thing we need other than natural ingredients, herbal medicines, is the quality of those. You can't have cheap, low-quality ingredients and expect to make a difference in your life. You need high quality. And you need to have them in a dosage that makes sense. Not too much, not too little. And we try to explore that in time to time. Like in the first half of the program, I talked about strontium, a mineral you may never have heard about. And we spent almost the whole half hour of the first portion of the show on strontium because it is that important to prevent, reduce, and strengthen bone density, to reduce osteoporosis. Doctors prescribe it routinely in Europe. But you want high quality at a right dosage. And the dosage for strontium is 320 milligrams twice a day. And I like to have people understand that they should take it at breakfast, which is the best time, two capsules, because strontium and calcium interfere with each other. They fight for the same pathway to be absorbed systemically. So we want to separate them. Don't take calcium at the same time you take strontium or vice versa. So we're trying to give you the right dosages, the right kind of ingredients to make your life easier. And then we talked about how to have the best waist size, to have the best health overall. So all those things are important to have you have the best health, and that's why we're here. We're here so that you don't have to do all the research to come up with, what do I take? How much do I take? Where do I get the science? You know, all that, we tried to give you that information, and it's extremely important that we give you that kind of information on the topics that we're talking about. So that's what we'll share with you each time that we have a subject. Now, unfortunately, here's yet another study on ultra-processed foods. Not good. And Americans love ultra-processed foods. Easy to prepare. Very convenient. Doesn't take much time. It's a waste of your health. But here are some more reasons why you should avoid, or try to at least avoid, ultra-processed foods. Now here's some research you may not like to hear, but it's, you know, 
when we hear the bad stuff, then we know how we can change our lifestyle for a better degree of health. And here's some research from 2022, just last year. I dig out these studies all the time. The ones I think that are important for you to hear. But this research is linked to the consumption of ultra-processed foods. And they are linked to depression, anxiety, kidney disease, heart disease, and colon cancer. Now, what do we mean by ultra-processed foods? Well, they are what I would call industrial formulations. They're not foods. They're not anywhere close to being a nutritious, healthy, natural food. Industrial formulations. Industrial waste, I guess I would call it. They're made with minimal or absolutely no whole foods. And they are processed with additives, sugars of all kinds, colors, flavors, and chemical preservatives, like sugar breakfast cereals, white bread, bacon, well, bacon is one of my treats. I don't have it all the time. But when I do buy it, I buy it without any nitrates or nitrites. I don't, I don't ever buy hot dogs. That's the scrapings off the floor. Packaged cookies, and we could go on. If you, if you don't, go into the center aisles of the supermarket, you will probably avoid the ultra-processed industrial formulations. Shop in the fruits and vegetable aisle, the dairy aisle, the meat, and you're out the door. Stay out of the center aisles where all the garbage is stocked. And then on top of all this, a new study published already this year followed 200,000 adults between the ages of 40 and 69 for 10 years. It was just published this year, but it was a 10-year study. Tracking intake of ultra-processed foods and whether the subjects of the study developed cancer. Did they get cancer? from eating these foods. The results and conclusion of the study, the 10-year study, was that people who ate a high amount of ultra-processed foods were more likely to develop cancers of all kinds, especially brain and ovarian cancer. For every 10% increase in eating ultra-processed foods, just 10%, but for every 10% increase, 
there was a 2% increase in any kind of cancer, increased risk of cancer, and nearly a 20% increase in the risk of ovarian cancer. Eat natural foods. I know you all can't eat organic foods, but go back to natural foods. Cook the foods. Prepare your dinners. Prepare your meals. Don't eat pre-packaged, processed, ultra-processed, all the garbage in the center aisles of the supermarket. They're formulations. They're not natural. Eating lots of processed foods also made cancer more dangerous, more aggressive, and more lethal. For each 10% increase in processed food intake, a risk of dying from any cancer increased by 6%, and the risk of dying from breast cancer specifically increased by 16%. We're eating garbage, folks, not natural foods. And that garbage is making, well, what is the old saying? Garbage in, garbage out, right? Garbage in and garbage out is cancer. So now here's some research we found out in the last couple of years. Because over the last couple of years, we've had a tremendous amount of viral infections, COVID-19 and other strains of the virus that cause infection, primarily upper respiratory tract infections. But now they found that by protecting against viral infections, how do we block viral infections? How do we stop getting a, an infection? We can stop it. You don't have to have the zap to stop viral infections. Our body was made and meant to stop infections. But we just can't do it willy-nilly. We have to prepare our body and maintain a special army in our body that will defeat viral infections. When we have an army of a country, that army there is to protect the country and defeat foreign invasion, protect our livelihood. Our livelihood is our body. And we have tools in our body, like armies have tools, ammunition, missiles, tanks, ships, planes, whatever. Those are all the tools to protect the country. And we have tools within our body to prevent the uptake of the virus that will cause the infection. And even if we got a mild infection, if we're strengthening our body, we may have a little mild case of infection, but no damage, and over very quickly. 
but like not likely to die from the infection. But they also found out when working with a viral infection, and we try to protect against viral infection, it can also protect our brain. So viral infections can damage your brain. So when we block the virus and protect our bodies against having an inf a live infection, it also protects our brain. So here's what researchers did to prove that. Researchers collected medical records from 350,000 people with neurodegenerative diseases including Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, and compared them to the records of the people who did not have a brain disease. So the results of this research, the researchers were able to connect viral infection to later development of a neurological, or I should say a neurodegenerative disease, including influenza, meningitis, with Alzheimer's disease, herpes zoster, which are, which is the virus that causes shingles, with multiple sclerosis. So, our brain is being affected by these viruses. Viral hepatitis is associated with an increased risk of Parkinson's disease. Viral pneumonia is associated with an increase of dementia, Parkinson's disease, and ALS. People who had viral encephalitis, infection of the brain, were 20 times more likely to develop Alzheimer's disease than people who did not have the virus. The virus is weakening our body and affects not only the immune system and a variety of other conditions, but also it affects the brain. So what is a very powerful daily antiviral? Well, after all the research that I've explored, and all the observations I've seen with what is the most powerful? Well, in my estimation, the best daily, daily antiviral. That means you're blocking the virus. Like an army would block the foreign invasion of an enemy. The virus is an enemy. The virus is no good for us. The virus is going to cause harm, and the harm is based on the degree of the health that we have when we come in contact with the virus. If we're weak and our immune system is compromised, if we have not slept well, if we've taken many drugs, or if we have taken too many recreational drugs, or we drink too much, or we smoke too much, or we're obese, We have a harder time blocking that virus. Now, 
the herb that I have found to be the most effective, and this is a very powerful herb, called andrographis. I'll spell it for you. A like apple. N like Nancy. D like David. R-O-G. R-A-P like Paul. H-I-S. Andrographis. This is a very powerful botanical medicine. And andrographis is an extremely effective antiviral. It stopped brain damage associated with encephalitis. It's an infection of the brain. There was a study conducted in Europe called Chemobrain, C-H-E-M, chemo, like chemo, chemobrain. When they gave chemotherapeutic drugs to cancer patients, those drugs are so harsh that it caused liver damage and cell damage of the brain and the liver. When they gave the chemotherapeutic drugs to the cancer patients, and they also took andrographis, it did not have as much damaging effect on the brain or the liver. They were spared because of the powerful effect of andrographis. Andrographis neutralizes the Epstein-Barr virus, which is associated with chronic fatigue and MS, multiple sclerosis. Andrographis inhibits herpes simplex virus. 